You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I normally hang out with metal musicians and talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. But now, this is a brand new segment called Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talks, where I sit down with metal brewers, talk about their lives, their love of metal music, and brewing craft beer. I'm very excited uh, to have this segment up and rolling. Uh, it's an idea that I've had in the back of my mind ever since I started interviewing some brewers earlier this year at the Festival de Bière et Savard in Chambly. And since then, I've been wanting to connect with more brewers, but more specifically metal brewers. This past Thursday, the full tour dates for the Devastation on the Nation tour were announced, and uh, you got to get your tickets really, really soon if you don't have them already, because dates are already selling out. If you wanted to go to the show in Brooklyn, New York at St. Vitus, well, you better have your tickets because it's already sold out, and there are many other shows on this tour that are already at low ticket warnings, so you should absolutely pick up your tickets to Devastation on the Nation Featuring Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant. Because uh, you might miss the party and you don't want to do that. Tickets are available at www.metalfestivals.com. And you should absolutely grab your tickets now because they are going to sell out. As always, the best way to support the Vox and Hops podcast is through the Vox and Hops Big Cartel page. Up there right now, we got the pre-orders for the When in Doubt, One More Stout t-shirt. This is another limited edition shirt. You can do that through the link to the Support the Vox and Hops podcast in the description of this podcast. Today on Vox and Hops, the very first metal brewer talk, I'm with Jason Stevenson, the head brewer of Juggernaut Brew Company from Manchester United. Here it is. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. What's up, everybody? Today I'm with Jason Stevenson, the head brewer at Juggernaut Brew Company from Manchester, England. And this is the very first Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talk. How are you doing, brother? Chilled, man. Yeah, a lot of coffee today. Uh, moving a lot of casks and stuff outside to get them clean, ready for point beer in them, which is pretty exciting. Let's take everybody back to why you became a brewer. How did this all come about? This is a new young brewery that just started this past summer. Let's uh, hear your brewing story. I started being a pub landlord when I was 19 years old. I'm 32 now. And I ran two quite successful pubs. The second one being when I was 25 in the city centre of Manchester. Um, that pub was called Crown and Kettle, and I made it an award-winning pub. So I was buying so much beer. And this was 2,000 pints of cask ale a week. You know, so like probably wow, Android. Yeah. 2,000 pints, you know, a week. That, that, that was before keg, before cans, before bottles and such. So just a cask. And so I was like, I'm getting a wage. That's cool. But I can buy a beer for myself and I learned to make it. <laughs> so I learned to make beer so I can sell it to myself and make like a, a little money on the side on top of my wage. Because obviously like I was in control, so I could do so. So me and my friend Sean decided to brew. And the original company we set up together was called Zeitgeist Brew Co. And it went really, really well. And so we both got to a certain age where we just both moved to, he, he left Manchester. So I was like, cool, we, we stopped brewing together, stopped Zeitgeist, and I gave myself about a year and a half just to sort of think of my new plan, which ended up being Juggernaut. So I started drawing up some doodles, creating a storyboard, learning to brew more different beers, 
mainly the American style stuff, so the APA stuff is quite fashionable and quite popular here in England. And that's where Juggernaut starts, really. And I started to want a brewery. However, financially, I couldn't get one at the time. So I started to Gypsy Brew. And then the beer you have in your, your can there, that's the Gypsy Brew I did at Brass Castle, which is a place here in York, where I basically rented their equipment for a month whilst they weren't using it. So I brewed that there and it came out that well that I bought all this. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. That's amazing. On that note, let's try this sucker. Yeah, buddy. Let's pop it up. The Juggernaut Brew Company. You called this one the... This is just Sasha Pale Ale number one. And the, the dude on the front, he's our Juggernaut. So if you want to know the whole story of what Juggernaut is and stuff, I'll definitely go through it. Absolutely. That was on, on my list of things to ask you. Let's, let's see what this sucker's got in the, in the meantime. So um, Jason very nicely mailed me this beer so that we could share a beer together. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, across the pond, sharing a beer together during the podcast. So here it is. I want to taste this. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. It smells nice Cheers, and smooth. Thanks, man. Oh, it's really smooth, really nice. Yeah, almost no aftertaste. Very clean. Um, nice clear color. I like a a light yellow. Very, very nice. Very nice. You can drink a lot of these and get dangerous. Got a smooth body because he's gluten-free. Yes, yes. Let's talk about that because um, what made you want to go in that direction? You have it on the can. I don't see this very often. You have gluten-free, vegan-friendly. Why is that on the can? Um, Lots of people have dietitian needs or want to be healthier. And it doesn't cost much to make it gluten-free. It affects the taste to a degree but it makes it smoother and simpler to drink. And so I chose to be gluten-free because I was going to do a vegan beer anyway. So I'd saved money on making it vegan by not finding it. So for the money I've saved, I'll just spend it to gluten, to glutenize it. So you use what's called brewer's clarity. And when you use too much of it, it eats all the gluten. And so you send it off to a lab, they send you a certification, it's gluten-free. But in a lot of restaurants, people drink pale ales, you know, they go in there. I don't know how it is in Canada. They go, I can have a pint of lager, can have a pint of pale ale. You know, it's a given that you're going to have one. However, that customer then going to go, can I have a pale, pale ale that's vegan? Because they want to be vegan or they're healthier and such like that. Or the next step is, is it gluten-free? And so I just did it for everyone because no one can say no to it now, unless you don't like it. And then that's fair. <laughs> really. But let's take it through what makes a beer vegan. I know the answer to this, but I don't know if my listeners do. Why is most beer not vegan? Well, traditionally it was, but then it got fined for clarity because people wanted clear beers because it came quite fashionable because of lagers. Um, Lagers are very clear, very crisp, and it was more of a marketing thing. So cask beer then had to become clear as well. So we threw in findings, which was based chemically on fish particles, uh, which help a lot of the yeast drop really clear. And people don't really like that sometimes. When you go, oh, there's fish in your wine. They're like, that's disgusting. So a lot of people go to the vegan ones because and they're just like, it's more organic, you know, more craft as such. You know, there's less bits in it. Uh, so that's obviously like why beer generally isn't vegan. Uh, but to make it not vegan, you just don't put it in. So no, there's yeah. nobody there's nobody doing that here. There's, there's two or three in... Montreal that are doing gluten-free beers. There's a whole like conglomerate called Glutenberg, but they make only a few cans and stuff. 
Just a few, right? Do you mean like a, a range, like a pale ale? Exactly, or like a, yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe over there it's more expensive. So like here, it costs about 2p a pint-ish, um, which is not really a lot, you know. If it was more, then it obviously would then be pushed onto the product. But luckily here, you know, it's quite cheap to buy that. Maybe over there, there's an extra duty to it. Or because it's a chemical, maybe there's a license you need for mm -hmm. it. I don't know the, the, the bylaws of Canada and Montreal, so might do that. Let's talk about this artwork. It's cool. It's uh, very metal, which I appreciate, and that's why the metal brewer talk. Let, let's see, where, where, where did this uh, juggernaut come from? Uh, okay, well, the juggernaut is named after my old cat. Yeah, he was called Wolfgang von Juggernaut after Beethoven and Juggernaut from Marvel. He's a big motherfucker. He was a big lad. Um, this is many, many, many years ago. So when I, come, when I went to the name, I was like, what can I call it? I was like, Juggernaut, it sounds badass. And my cat was badass. I was like, yeah, it's Juggernaut. So I started to doodle. And there's a film by George Melise. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called To the Moon and Back from 1903. It's, um, I have seen that, yeah. Oh, you have. So like, I got inspiration from that. So a lot of the beers are going to be the characters from that. This is one of the one that lives in the moon. So if you've got the canny hand, the orange part of the background, to me, is the moon. And there's two Easter eggs on it. And then the character, which is there, is one of the juggernauts. Now, this juggernaut here, when this beer gets stronger, as in the IPA, and then the dipper, which come out for January, he gets more monstrous. So the IPA version, he's got his like aura around him, and he's got two thunderbolts in his hands because he's getting a bit pissed. He'll have like a second jaw, set, second set of eyes, and four arms. And I've not really decided what he's going to be doing really, but he's going to be, you know, like pissed off because he's 7.2%. So as the beer gets stronger, or this 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 particular beer gets stronger, this character evolves with the beer. And then on the world of the Juggernaut, there are other characters for different beers. And then there's going to be some characters for beers that are on planet Earth. They're then going to fly to the moon. <laughs> and there's a bit of a story between, you know what a hipster is, though, you're like a modern beer drinker here in England. You've heard that term? Of course, yes. And do you know what a dad beer is? Oh, have you got a YouTube yourself? A dad beer? Yeah, so like here in England, say like an Amber Cascale from like Robinson's or, you know, J.W. Lee's, you know, like an old brewery. Mm -hmm. uh, like my dad, who's 50, would drink still now. Like there's not really much taste to them because they're an older-fashioned beer. So there's a bit of a joke in the beer world, especially here in England, like beers like dad beers because they're for dads. So <laughs> in this story, this young person is basically drinking too many strong beers. He's looking through his window through a telescope and the little temple on that's that can is this all-seeing eye and it's going to draw him to the moon. Then, because he's been drinking, he's dressed himself in a robe, he's made himself a little tinfoil hat and a little staff because he's like, <laughs> I know, I know. And um, so his little storyboard is he's going to ask the three fat cats or the dad beers, the amber beer, the stout and the pale ale, like what you'd expect a, a village to have, you know, like in the middle of nowhere, like a, the dad beers for money. You know, if I'm like the sort of like older generation because the new generation is going to travel and expand and go to the moon. So like he's going to come to the moon. And then they're going to have a big massive battle, <laughs> basically. Uh, finishing off the Easter eggs on the can. The temple is one, mm -hmm. which is going to be fun. This is going to be the strong juggernauts. You're never going to see all the character. You're going to see a little bit here, a little bit there, and a little bit here, like um, Exodus and Yu-Gi-Oh. And then the Thunderbolt, that's just there to imply that, you know, in the future, he's got the Thunderbolt. And the other cans will have Easter eggs for other little bits too. So... That's just an easy version of the Dwell the Juggernaut. That's really, really, really awesome. That's really well thought out. I just thought it was a cool drawing, but there's way more to it. Here, here like me personally, good beer is good beer. 
And once you've drank it and you're having a talk with your mates in the pub or a bar or whatever, once you've started drinking, the beer's now on your table and you just consume it. Whereas I'm, I like art, I, I play guitar, I've like, got loads of outlets. And I wanted the beer really to be another art outlet. So I penciled all the doodles and then this particular can was um, Posca penned by my friend Matt and the new characters have been Posca penned by my mate Ryan because Matt's having a child so he's like going to get super busy as you know you've got children um, so like Ryan's coming on board he draws the same and it's all my pencil lines so all the other characters will stay in the same fashion uh, and I'm looking forward to that it's going to be fun. <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I like uh, the vision and the to the the planning, and it's always important to be like that. Let's talk about uh, metal. You yeah. mentioned you play guitar. Yeah. Um, take us. Take me back to why do you think metal and beer work so well together? Music, loud beer, mates. What else do you need? Go to a gig, watch a show, have some tin, have some beers, tinnies, whatever you're drinking, and just have a good laugh with your mates and. I know beers last longer, so you're not like necking them, you're not getting intoxicated super quick, you know, you can just chug them, have a pint, you know, like, yeah, just sit hand in hand, don't you? Something in your hands, someone on stage, or on the radio, or the, the CD player, whatever you've got, you know what I mean? So, and uh, you can just talk over a bit, like, you go to a bar and have a cocktail, it's a bit loud, it's a bit there, whereas a gig's like, yeah. It's a shared experience, too. I met like random people um, at the bar, like before shows or even at the show. And I talk, you're talking to them, like random people, you're like, oh, beer, you know, beer, oh, we're down there. And you're, you meet new, you meet random people. And then because you're all, like similar shows, did you know, like I, we've known each other because of like when we, where we used to work. However, we met each other so many times at shows by mistake. That's where like, our mates, our friendships come from. Like going to shows and just having a laugh and dicking around because of beer and the music. We do have to give a big shout out to uh, a Vox and Hops alumni, Sam Yates from Ingested. He is the reason why this uh, we know each other. He hooked us up together. Uh, so a huge shout out to uh, Sam Yates. I saw that you brought out some uh, some tinnies, some cans to a recent gig. A metal band came through. You brought some beers for them. Is that something that you are going to continue doing? Sponsoring bands. Um, hooking them up um let's talk about that anything creative like so my friend has a, a vinyl shop and he's got a party next week so in the shop here in the normal quarter so like the little cool bit of manchester it's just gonna be juggernaut and that's gonna be wednesday the week after there's this outside cinema uh, playing like old like cool films from like 20s and 30s it's just gonna be juggernaut but then in juggernaut in like the brewery the vessels will be for the beers but me and Sam are talking about doing a beer together. So I'll do a Brutality range, like spelled B-R-E-W, or maybe the Brutal, some like MySpace days. And I want to brew with bands who are coming through and then send the beer for them on tour. So like Sam from Ingested wants to make a super duper strong cherry wheat beer. That's going to be like a big old tart or like a, a little cake. And then I'm going to brew it here. It's going to be, he's going to label it. It's going to be their beer. And then I'm going to send them on tour, obviously with like 40 cases of stuff. And they're just going to drink their own beer that they've brewed. Wow, good for them. I want to do that with other bands too. Like, I want, I want to have shared experiences. I want to have a laugh. I want people to come to the brewery, you know, brew with us, know what brewing's about, learn something, like whatever they take from the day. But then three weeks later, through the post, they'll just receive half a pallet of stuff. And then when they go and play shows, the thing that they've got in their hand is what they've made. And that's like the brutality part of drinking that. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. What would be like an ultimate band you can do ingested because it's just easy. You know them well. What would be a band that you would just love to do it for because you you know that they like beer or something? 
Into Mastodon. Oh, fucking one of my, my favorite band, Mastodon. That makes total sense. Yeah, it's like it's like a lot of their color, a lot of the colors are kind of like inspired because of that, because of Mastodon. I met Brent. He came into the Crown and Kettle when they played at the Academy. This is 2015. And I bought a pint of Hall Garden, and uh, we just talked shit. It was top. And I was like, I was like that's cool. Yeah, you know, I'd love to do a beer with them. Just do whatever they want. <laughs> Um, what is your favorite style of beer? You go to a pub. What do you order? At the moment, it's Guinness. The reason is because a lot of pubs I'm going to now are out in the sticks because the brewery's in like the middle of middle of the hills. Uh, there's not much beer beer around here. Uh, there might be in the future if they want to buy a juggernaut, but you know, I'm in a village, so I'm drinking a lot of Guinness at the moment. I like really fruit fruit juice bombers. So it's um, really thick in like uh, mango and um, Tropical tones from passion fruit and grapefruit, you know, like those sort of tones. Um, I like strong beers, like six, seven percenters, mate. Um, really do. Same here. Yeah, like they're just good, man. So quaffable, like you can just neck them. Got a load of booze to them, um, but loads of flavour. And like getting those flavours at that strength, that's an art. Like it's hard to do that. So the ones who are smashing out the really good stuff. I like for me drinking. I'm like, oh, this is great to drink. It's also like, how how did you do this without it tasting like soap? Do you know? What I mean? Yeah. So like that that's my go-to type of drink in a in a bar bar. Well, Jason, thank you so much for having a chat with me, sending me some of your beers. I am extremely grateful. Thank you for taking a chance and uh, being the very first Vox and Hops Metal Brewer talk. Cheers, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you all so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Jason's such a cool guy. His session, Pale Ale, was so smooth, crisp, and clean. It was an extremely drinkable beer. I really enjoyed it. For all you that are wondering, this episode uh, recording via Skype is not always the best way to do it. So for all future Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talks, I have a new way of recording this, and it will always just keep sounding better and better. But Jason's such a cool guy, and I enjoyed our chat so much that I moved forward with what I had, and I appreciate all of you taking the time to listening to it. If you are a metal brewer and you would like to be on the Vox and Hops podcast Metal Brewer Talks, please send me a message via any of my social medias on Instagram on Facebook, or you can send me an email at matt at voxandhops.com. That's M-A-T-T at V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. And uh, I'll tell you how all this works, and then we'll make it happen. I hope you have a good rest of the week. The holidays are coming. Don't get too stressed out. Try to relax and enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsets. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Oh.